Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Another edition of For the Love of the Game. It is the one and only Nick Andre. Appreciate you guys joining. Always appreciative of all this all the support that you guys give me. Appreciate all the feedback as usual. This is another special edition, part of the interview series that I got. And I have one of my personal favorite artists and producers. I got the one and only knows now. How you doing, man? Appreciate you for joining the show. Oh, no doubt. Uh, Nick, appreciate your support, man. I really, really appreciate um, you tapping in and having me on the show, man. So uh, I know you're a great basketball mind, too. I follow it pretty hard. I think we tapped in a lot during the playoffs, so that was pretty dope. Um, But, yeah, man, happy to be on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. So as many may know, or for people who don't know, I mean, Nubs is probably one of the more consistent artists and producers out here. Drops projects like frequently, probably maybe every month or every other month. Just recently dropped a project called So Food 2. This is the second installment. You dropped the first one, I think Black Friday, I want to say it was. Uh, so, on Thanksgiving. Oh, on Thanksgiving, yeah, mm-hmm. excuse me. Yep. So as a, as a producer, honestly, uh, so talk about the process of, you know, making this compilation album. Um, With the compilation, what I like to do, too, is um, I try to mix in a lot of um, different styles. Um, I like... You know, I tap in for people, tap in with people. I think, well, I think I sound good on the beats, first off. Um, you know, so I do a lot of research, you know, up and down the timeline. Uh, although I'm a rapper um, and a producer, um, you know, I try to support other MCs as well. You know, I, I'm a big believer of, you know, whatever's going to be yours is going to be yours regardless. So I have no problem shouting out albums. You probably seen me do that a bunch on the timeline. That's just kind of what I do um but yeah you know some people i have relationships with um other people that um i think is dope like i wouldn't you know ask anyone to be on the project if i didn't like their style or 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 like them or or like how they present themselves online as a matter you know as a matter of fact so um i just try to tap in and and then i just try to make it flow once i get all the songs back um and that's really it man yeah, so I found it interesting though because obviously I, I heard the first one multiple times and it's no it's mo- it's really just you producing for the other artists, but on this one you go in a different route. You set the tone right. with having the first verse on the album. So what made you want to do that instead of just you know instead of just producing the whole project? Um, I didn't even plan on being on it. Um, I did the best of me beat. Um, and then Rome, Rome Mallory hit me up. He had already had the uh, conquest beat that he did also. And he's like, uh, I posted a beat. He hit me up. He's like, yo, can I swap that out? I said, look, I said, you could swap it out, but I need a verse on there. Like, we got to, because I was, th- you know, I, I was going to use it for a song uh, after I heard it a few times. So we decided um, I'll throw a verse on, he'll throw a verse on. And we do a lot of work together. So, you know, it wasn't a thing to get it done. No, nah, that's, nah, that's, I mean, that's dope for sure. Um, are there any possible, I mean, I know you got to, like I know, I know for I know pride for you. You know, you got a lot of favorites, but do you have any like standout tracks on the project that you enjoy personally? Um, I think my favorite joint I got. You know, when you when you making music and you creating it, all your babies. You know what I'm saying? Um, but what I would say, my favorite two is probably um the track with What Up Vern um tomorrow. Um, I was very impressed with that because he, you know, I sent them the beat. Um, and he, he sent it back the same day too, mixed and everything. Um, so that was dope. And I like what Peacemaker did on um, All Around the World. You Peace know, had that. Peacemaker, my guy. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's crazy dope. 
Um, he had that girls, girls, girls swag on it. Um, that was that was very dope. And um, it was a part of my standout too. And then like Jaher dropped a lot of knowledge on his song. Yeah, he did on on the, on the overtime. Um, saying what I kill Ali. So it, it's kind of hard to say. But if I had to pick two, I, I would probably say What Up, Vern, and I would say uh, Peacemaker Joint. Now it's crazy because earlier today, actually, I went back to listen to the whole project. So my my process is, you know, whenever a project comes out, you know, like the first, like I'll listen to the whole project the first time, right? And then of course I'll I'll go back and you know pick out my favorite, probably three or four songs, and then I'll just and then I'll just rock with that. But as I went back and listened to the whole project, um, honestly, I'll be real, I man. This song, everything with I don't, I don't want to get this that guy's name wrong, but Matt Dragos, I think that's oh Matt Dragos, Dra- yeah, man, yeah. he went off too. That was my first time working with him too, um. You know, I listened to a lot of his music, and then I was just like, "Yo, let me, let me tap in with him and um and see see if he be down the down the joint." I hit him up. He said, "All right, let me know. Send him some beats." Um, he picked the, the everything beat, and that was the that was the first time I was su- kind of surprised that he picked it. That was like the first beat like that. At least I heard him rap on, and then he came out. He, he murdered it. No, he definitely did. I mean, honestly, I mean, the energy that he brought, you know, it's crazy. I don't even know how. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, obviously, I heard it, but I guess I maybe overlooked it. So, I mean, once I went back, I, I was like, dang, like, you know, he's really, he's really spitting. So, I mean, that's definitely one that I'm gonna keep in rotation, you know, moving forward, man. Shout out for to sure. Matt for sure. Yeah. But um, let's dive back into the beginning, man. You know, obviously, you're from New Jersey, so just talk about your upbringing and, of course, you know, you being introduced to hip hop. Um, you know, I, I've been in the music for a very long time. I, I. I'm gonna have an older brother that's seven years older than me. So, you know, growing up, you know, he always had all the tapes. Um, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Karis One. Uh, so I've been tapped in for hip hop for a very long time. Um, I started I started writing uh initially probably my first raps when I was like 13 years old. I was rapping with um a kid I went to school with. Um, then I started rapping in high school, rapping in college, did a bunch of shows, things like that. Um uh, did a couple albums, then it just you know, I took a hiatus, man. I don't know if you know, I stopped rapping for about ten years. Um, it just, it just wasn't wasn't in me. Um, and the funny thing was, I always felt like um, at some point I would produce. Like I always felt like that because I've always been very intrigued with like um, if I heard a song or something, I always wanted to know where the uh, sample came from. Uh, Kanye and Just Blaze were. Uh, two of my favorite. Well, Kanye is actually my all-time favorite producer, but Just Blaze is up there too. So anytime they sample something, I always wanted to know where it came from. Um, I don't even. I mean, I don't listen to a ton of rap. Honestly, I listen to. I would say sixty percent of what I listen to are like oldies, Teddy Pendergrass, Marvin Gaye, Blue Magic. Uh, so that's why I get the soul sound from. Um, but yeah, so I um, you know, I had um. I met Abel Mary. I had him on um, my podcast that I had with a good friend of mine, Vaughn. Um, and he was just kind of like, um, you know, I told him I rap. And he was like, yo, you know, let's do something. I know you ain't rapping a minute. I sent him some old stuff. And then um, he kind of challenged me to get back in the booth. And then and then from there, things just kind of took off. So just talk talk about that hiatus for a minute, because I think I actually – I. I remember you talking on Cash Flow's podcast. Shout out to Cash Flow. You know, I, I remember yeah. you talking about the hiatus. So, like, was there like a possible reason behind the hiatus? You know, did you just not have that creative, like that creativity? And during that process, did you did you try to write any 16th? Like, did you try to get in the booth at any moment during that hiatus? 
Um, I never, I never tried to get in the booth. I tried to pin a couple rounds, like, and they were just kind of like, eh, you know, that type of thing. But I, I mean, honestly, I really didn't. I didn't have anything to rap about. Like, I didn't. You know, when I was younger, I was rapping about stuff like, you know, that I heard the locks say or Dipset say or you know things like that. So it really wasn't, you know, it wasn't really who I was. I feel like. Right. Um. So as I started to get older and mature, I, I think what helped me listening to rappers like J. Cole, listening to rappers like Sky Zoo that were, you know, really, or even Kanye, College Dropout, you know, things like that, just going back to that, you know, those are rappers that I saw that were kind of like, all right, you know, these ain't the shoot 'em up, bang, bang rappers or anything like that. Um, you know, they're touching on topics and things like that. But, you know, it was just, it, it just really took a long time to, uh, figure out what that was going to be for me. So as a as a teenager, you know, like who were your like go to rappers like growing up? I mean, I know I know you talk about you know, like you know you don't listen to a lot of rap, but like who were those guys like you know growing up? Oh, growing up, I listened to nothing but rap uh, for the most part. But um, Mob Deep, um, Havoc was my favorite was my favorite rapper for a bit. Um, obviously Biggie. Um, early like method man uh purple tape all, all that stuff those were some of my um you know major influences early on a lot of new york man it's crazy man it's, it's funny though because you know <laughs> obviously me being i mean i've, I've been living down south my whole life so but you right. know, i was i was practically introduced to like the new york scene man i mean obviously you mentioned mob deep like the infamous was one of my favorite projects you know right oh red man too Redman, oh yeah, Red, Redman, Redman, yeah. Redman, Redman is one of those that really deserves his flowers. Man, Muddy Waters is actually one of my personal favorite projects yeah. to listen to. Yeah, we from but, the um, same city. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what's up for sure. Um, so back to the back to the hiatus. So I, I remember you talking about, um, I think it was ha- Halloween. I want to say twenty twenty was when you when you first pinned like your first rhyme in like over yeah. ten years. So, right. like, how did that start? From then, from just writing that first sixteen, you know, how did you get that creativity back moving forward? Um, Abel Mary just sent me a beat and he was just like, you know, why don't we do a song and then we see how that works. And then I remember I wrote it, um, and I pulled over, I pulled over, um, and I was like, I wanted to let one of my good friends hear it. Like, I was just like, yo, you know, what do you think about this, this verse? I mean, first he was surprised that, you know, I was even back rapping and he was like, yo, he's like, you still got it. You know, you got to tighten up certain, you know, things a little bit here and there. Uh, Cause a lot of it was like, a lot of it was like early on was just like me catching my breath in the booth, and it, it was just, you know, it's it, it's like riding a bike after a while, but it's kind of tough um, to get your cadence back down, right, um, and all of that. But uh, I wrote the first one. Um, I sent it back to a Bell Mary, um, and then he was like, "Yo, you know, four more, and we got an EP. We got an EP." So before you know it, you know, a few weeks later, we had an EP going and. You know, from there, I start working on my first solo EP. Did you feel rusty when uh, the first time you got back into the booth? Did you have to go back over and you know and probably wrap over it again? Yeah, a lot of times, ad libs <laughs> were off, um, timing was <laughs> off. Um, now I'm going back listening to that versus like trifecta. It's like you know that seems like 15 years of rapping. You know what I'm saying? But I think what happened, I, I, I honestly think what happened was through all the years I had just bottled up creativity and I finally found it. You know what I'm saying? That's why, that's why I feel like a lot of the drops happen. Um, because I just, I just have it in me. Like I'm, 
you know, a lot of times I'm knocking, if somebody sends me something for a feature, like I'm knocking out a verse in like 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? I just, it just works like that. And my process really, I never wake up and say I'm going to write today. It just doesn't work like that. But I could end the day having a song done. Like it just, it was just, it's just one of those things. Somebody hit me for a feature, I'll write it, um, record it, or I hear a beat, um, you know, that I just love and I'll write, I'll write to it, but I never really, I never really plan it. That's never part of my process. Right. So that's, that's what I was going to ask as well. Like, do you like, do you hear a beat and they just kind of like just write to the beat or do you just already have something already written and then you just add, add whatever you have written? No, nah, I write to the beat. I remember, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Akil Ali. Um, but yeah, I'm producing a project with him. Uh, for him, it's pretty much, it's pretty much done. We got a couple more finishing touches to add. Um, well, anyway, he sent me something at like 1.30 in the morning. Um, I woke up and just saw, you know, um, I, he left me like an open verse. And I just listened to it real quick in the bed. Um, by the time I woke up and had my coffee in the morning, like the verse was done. <laughs> so I just, I don't know about, I don't know if when I slept, I thought about it so more, some more, but like, um, it's just. Like I said, it wasn't something I was thinking about. And then, you know, by 8.30 in the morning, I got a verse now. So it's just, you know, it's just kind of the process. That's crazy. I mean, it seemed like it seemed like you work really fast, honestly. It's like, you know, it seemed like, you know, once you hear a beat, it's like, you know, you just kind of knock it out. I mean, yeah. so I, I think I think I think that's super dope. So you drop uh, Raise the Bar 1 and 2, and then you drop the Project Road to 40. That leads you to the Project 40. And... To me, like when I, whenever I went back and listened to the project, it seemed like you had a different type of hunger. So can you can you kind of talk about that project a little bit? Yeah, all of that was all of that was leading up to forty. You know, what I'm saying I was approaching my fortieth birthday. Um, I know I wanted to do roll with roll to forty. Any anytime I get with a Bell Mary is just like like let's bar up. You know, that's what was. It's kind of like I mean, you it's kind of like when I rap with a Bell Mary. Most of the time, it's like it's like going to open gym. You know what I'm saying? Um, when I do my albums, my solo albums, that's more like that the organized game. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, by the time I got to 40, I felt like I I had I, I had my breath. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and I think 40 in a lot of ways to me was kind of like, you know, when you tell somebody you back rapping after 10 years, like everybody's skeptical, like oh you about to be a washed rapper or whatever the case was. So. A lot of that was kind of me having a chip on my shoulder, so that's probably what you felt when you heard that. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna ask too. Is like you know, especially when you coming back, I guess later on in age. Like, did you feel like did you feel any pressure to get back to writing? Like, like did you did you feel like you, did you feel like you know that you weren't going to, I guess, be relevant in a way or anything? Um, nah. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like all the best rappers are older. Like, in my opinion, like Ransom, Skyzoo, Skyzoo. Uh, Griselda, um, Boldy James is older. Um, and by older, I'm saying anywhere between like 35 and 45, right? Right. Um, uh, Nas, I mean, Nas too. yeah, Nas, yeah, about Nas to drop 50. Yeah, yeah, he's about to be, he's about to be, he's about to be 50. Anytime you hear Jada Kiss verse, Jada the Kiss, locks, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like, like all, all those guys. So, I think, I, I think, I think what's happening with hip hop, like, people aren't used to, um, seeing older rappers because hip-hop literally just turned 50. Yeah, I would say it's still really young. Yeah, so like, you know, I think I think you're going to start to see uh, 
the Nazis and you know guys like guys like that um, thrive more. I feel like he, you know, r- r- like I said, Ransom's one of the best barsmen. I mean, even thirty eight specials in his late late thirty. Yeah, thirty eight special, one of my personal faves too. Yeah, like so. I think I think because of MCs like that, you know, those, those MCs inspired me. Those are the ones I relate to the most because of the topics they have. A lot of stuff going on that I have going on. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, they kind of keep me going. I want to dive into a few relationships that you have that I find really, really impressive. First, I'll start with Furious Styles. You know, you guys are, you guys just locked in for three projects. And I guess you could say to me, like when I first, when I heard the first project, I guess you could tell like you guys are still trying to get familiar with each other. Right. And then leading to Reloaded and then Trifecta, like, you know, the chemistry was there. So just talk about the first time you worked with Furious Styles and then how your relationship built from then to now. Uh, what? Well, Ferris is crazy because um I, I remember the date too. It was it was June first, twenty twenty one. June first, twenty twenty one. So he sent me, um, he sent me some beats, and then um, I listened to them, and I didn't end up using any of the beats, um, but I knew I knew he was in the right lane though. You know, what I'm saying I knew he was tapped into what I was doing because all the beats were beats I felt like pretty comfortable with and then i kind of went through his um instagram and i found higher that was the first song we ended up doing i was like this is crazy um we ended up getting on the phone um it is crazy we haven't since june 1st 2021 there hasn't been a day where we didn't speak like texting or on the phone facetime or whatever um but yeah we were still filling each other out um early on i was just sending him a bunch of samples um at that point like furious knew he knew how to make beats, but he didn't know how to structure songs. You know what I'm saying? And like a lot of producers, a lot of producers don't. They know how to make beats that sound good, but a lot of times they don't know how to make beats that people want to rap over. You know what I'm saying? And and, and pre- previous to me, Ferris was working with guys where he'll send them beats and then he'll never hear the songs. Um, so you know, he sent me higher and I sent back the song the same day, and then he was like, Yo, this guy is like this guy's official. Uh, so we just kind of worked through it. And like you said, you could tell the chemistry um, building now. Like when he sends it, like he knows he knows exactly what to send me now. It's like it's very rare where he's like, um, what you think about this beat? Very rare. Uh, he's just like, yo, I got one for you. Or, or he'll FaceTime me and be like, you ready? And I just nine out of ten, it's like, all right, let's go send that right now. That's crazy. I'm, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the intro on Trifecta, man. And you guys, <laughs> you guys actually killed that. I mean, especially you, I mean, especially with the bars. You know, you really set the tone on that project. So, is there is there a particular beat on any of the projects that stand out to you? Um, it's a lot of them, man. Trifecta one was crazy on the intro for Trifecta. Uh, if we talking about the last project, I love NJ to Philly. I force I force Fer- I force Ferris to do a drumless beat. He don't really do it. Um, and I wasn't gonna close the album out until I got one, so that was the last song done. Um, and Jaher did his thing on there too. Um, he was very dope on that. Um, I'm trying to think about um, church was church was amazing. The church is dope. Church is dope. Um, I gotta say, hires up there too, man, because you know that was the beat that made me be like, all right, I'm. That made me a believer in him. You know what I'm saying? Then. I, you know, I remember uh, sending a song to Bell Mary. He was like, yo, what do you think about doing a full project with him? Then I hit Furious. He was like, yeah, let's do it. And it just kind of worked from there. And 
And shout out to Furious too, because if it wasn't for him, shout I wouldn't be. Furious. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be producing, man, because you know we had a lot of different conversations where, um, where I was telling him like, "Yo, drop the drums here, do this here," and he was like, "Yo, you a producer or something?" Because I just I was just so hands on with the process. I was like, "Nah." He was like, "Yo," he was like. You know how to produce. You just got to learn how to work a machine. So I said, all right. So within, you know, actually two months later, I ended up getting the NPC. He had it already. And it was just like it was a lot easier because I was able to just FaceTime him and, and, and skip a lot of steps. You know what I'm saying? Like any, just simple stuff like speeding up a, a sample and moving it. Now, I still needed to get my my cadence and timing down and my chops down and stuff like that. But, you know, he really helped expedite that process. That's what's, I mean, it's really interesting when you're diving into your producer story. So I kind of want to ask, like, you know, as, you know, growing up, like, did you work any NPCs at the time? I mean, I know, I know you talked about how, you know, you always had an ear for music, but did you work any, did you work on any systems at a time or did you like, were you around any producers coming up? Um, my guy, Vertical Jones, who I was on, who I had on, had on um trifecta on yesterday is a guy i grew up with um so you know he used to produce a lot of my well the majority of my early music like i, I recorded my first songs at his house at like 14 15 years old so i was you know i was around him a lot um i had a i had a mpc for like i bought one and i just really didn't know how to use it at one point and i ended up uh getting rid of it but i probably i probably messed around with that for like a month and i was like i don't know maybe in like 2008 i would really wouldn't count that because i had no clue what i was doing right um but yeah i i think i think it helped me because you know i always had an ear for it um i always had an ear for good beats and you know even when when i wasn't making beats i would always listen to stuff about you this will be a crazy sample you know what i'm saying um so I think a lot of that got me ready and kind of sped my process up a little bit. No, for sure. Let's talk about your relationship with Ro Mallory as well, because you guys just recently dropped the project. And right. I think it's really dope. You know, talk about your relationship and how, because honestly, I mean, Rome, I don't know Rome personally, but he seemed like he's a workaholic. Like, he drops really consistently just like you. So talk about your relationship with Rome Mallory. Yeah, I think with Rome, what initially happened, Um, I think he bought a beat a long time ago, maybe like a year, year and a half ago. Um, then I just kind of was, you know, following his journey and I thought he was super dope. And, you know, I was like, you know, let's lock in and do an album. I said, I want to, I want to use any supporters I have to put, you know, to put them on you, you know what I'm saying? Um, so he ended up, um, you know, he, he, he put the work in, he did what he needed to do. Um, we built the, um, and the winner is album. Again, I was very hands-on, um, with, um, what he wanted um and also like you know just crafting the sound form and stuff like that and then it went from that to you know he's been featured on the last couple projects um he's featured on the ep that i got um coming up in october and and also we we're working on a joint rap album that we're going to be dropping um early 24 too so we like five five songs into that right now five songs completed already so um that joint's coming around pretty well I ain't gonna lie, man. You gotta stay in the lab, man. Lab, <laughs> for sure. Got but to. Nah. But nah, I mean, but nah, I mean, that's what's up, man. Definitely staying consistent, definitely one thing. So we touched on, you know, hip hop being 50 years old. You know, everybody's been celebrating it all year. So I guess from your perspective, what does hip hop what does hip hop mean to you? 
Uh, it means everything, man. You know, from the way from the way we dress, um, to the way like you know, more from the baggy jeans to to the whole button up era to the jerseys and um, you know, it just influenced it influenced everything, everything. Uh, you know, I did especially growing up. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's been a soundtrack of my life, really. Now that's what's up. That's what's up. I mean, I mean, definitely. I mean, I feel the same way too. I mean, hip hop is really just a culture. It's more than just music as a whole. Yeah. You know, especially sure. when you talk about, you know, I mean, like you mentioned, like, you know, not even just the music, but just, you know, the way that we dress, the way that we talk and everything, the slang. So, yep. you know, hip hop plays a pivotal role, especially in my life. I know that it does to you. So, you know, it's just super dope. Um, I know you've been promoting this show recently. So, you know, you have an upcoming show, I think, in October. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, it's funny. I was on a live with um, uh, with Ruben. Check the round. Shout out Ruben. Yeah, shout out Ruben. Um, so I was on a live with him one day. Um, it was right after Trifecta dropped. And, uh, you know, so people were just kind of like, yo, you know, you should do a show. I'll, I'll come up there. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, all right, you know, I just try to figure it out. And then I was just like, you know, how I want to how I want to do this. And, you know, and then I was like, finally, I was like, yeah, if I'm going to do a show, I'm going to do a big. So I found a band. Uh, a friend of mine helped me find a band. Um, super, super dope band. Um, and I was just like, all right, let's get the show going. Um, I got a I got a venue that held about 85 uh, sold out in about three weeks. Um, and. I'm gonna say, I mean, shout out to some of the homies on on Twitter, like like Ro Mallory's flying in, Ferris is flying in, Cash is Cash is driving up from Virginia to host the show. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know if you know Scott. Scott, he's a, he's a uh, I don't know Scott, man. Dang. Yeah, I'm glad to a, connect with him. Yeah, he's a big time. Um, he every day he posts like his gym workout list with a whole bunch of uh, hip hop artists. He's coming up for. Uh, He's coming up from Massachusetts. Um, I got Rex, the narrator. I'm not sure if you've interacted with him on the timeline. He's coming up from um, Arkansas, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, my local family and friends, uh, people from college and stuff like that coming out. So, um, yeah, it sold out in like three weeks. I, I was very, I was very impressed. You know, I I wanted to do like a smaller venue, but I, um, and it just kind of worked out, man. So I'm really, really excited um like i said i got a couple more rehearsals with the band and we're like three weeks out so um it's getting the crunch time for sure but um um, my plan is because i had a couple requests my plan is to stream it live on my youtube page too um so if anybody want to catch it live you know i'll share the link on twitter or if they want to go back and check it at a different time or whatever the case is um you know it'll be an opportunity for anybody that wants to uh peep it live they can no, definitely tune in, man, especially if you can't make it. So my question I want to ask you is, do you feel like in hip-hop, stage presence is kind of a lost art? Because I feel like nowadays, you know, you see a lot of people, you know, they don't really rehearse. You know, it's like, you know, they mostly, they'll mostly play a song, I don't know, off of Apple Music or Spotify. Then, of course, yeah. it's, 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 it, then of course, it's the words, you know, they're rapping over the words. So do you feel like stage presence is kind of a lost art in hip-hop? I, I do. I, I, I don't have great vibes about, about rapping over words. Like, I, I just think that's lazy. Um, and that's just me. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I prefer to, you know, play the, play the instrumental. If you're plugging in some, some ad libs or something or plugging in the hook, that's fine. Uh, cause a lot of times when you're in the booth, you're punching that in anyway. It's not like you're rapping it all the way straight. So it's not really really realistic. Expect people to do that live. But, um, I think you should be rocking over your instrumental or, you know, if you're rocking with a band or something like that, do it that way. Um, 
and again, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm pretty chill. I ain't gonna be on for Busta Rhymes time. Like that's not my, that's not the flow of my music. But I, I do think you should rap over your instrumental. Nah, nah, I definitely feel. Like, I guess it, it kind of reminds me of. I don't even know why I just started thinking about this, but when the locks and dips that when when it gets each other in the verses and. You know, obviously the locks, you know, they came in prepared, you know, they rapped over the instrumentals, but then Dipset, even though even though I'm a Dipset fan, you know, to see them right. rapping over the words, but still not getting the words right, you know, kind of kind of disappointed me a little bit. So I feel like I think I think to me it's like it seemed like after the verses, I think a lot of people started taking the stage presence more serious, especially after what they saw with Jada Kiss and what he was able to do. Right. And I think a lot with that, just to tap into that quickly, is the the locks, the locks are like they're like brothers, right? Yeah. Like you saw that they prayed before, before the show. True. Um, any issues they ever had, no one knows about it. Like, like this is a group that that we've all known for, for almost thirty years. Facts. You know what I'm saying? That that we we never heard had an issues, and of course they had issues, right? Exactly. But they, but they never let it out. Um, Dipset to me, you know, I know Jimmy Jim and Cam kind of grew up together, but. You can kind of tell they're not really into each other much anymore, and they just felt like thrown together. Like that's true. Like, and I like Dipset. You know, what I'm saying I, I, I was, I was, I was very surprised at how badly it was. Like the locks, the locks, I was too. the locks is probably the locks are probably my my personal favorite group, right? Um, so you could just tell like a brotherhood versus like some guys that's just getting together for a bag. That's what it felt like. No, I I definitely agree with you. I mean, I mean, you and you see it too. I mean, you I mean, you you honestly mentioned it too. You know, the locks them being together for 25, 30 plus years. You know, what I'm saying they do everything together. They probably talk frequently throughout the week. They may not see each other all the time, but you know, but just being community, being being in communication all the time. You know, that just shows a true brotherhood. So, right. Um, but I mean, kudos to the locks, man. You know, that's still one of my personal favorite verses. Yeah, out of no all doubt. Of them, right. Know, for sure. But um. I want to dive into the NBA a little bit, you know, because I know me, it's like you mentioned, you know, me and you, you know, we talk about basketball on the timeline, you know, the NBA season's on, um, coming up soon. So yeah. is there, do you have a certain favorite team or a favorite player? Um, yeah, I don't, one of my favorite players is Draymond Green, right? I, I That's I, a good I love, one to me. I love Draymond Green. See, see, I coach, um, play basketball. I coach basketball, um, for 11 years as well. I was, a, um, varsity coach on a high school level and i also was an assistant on the college level so um you know i follow a lot of basketball i study the game and things like that and i think i think when you when you know the game and you've coached the game you you grow to love players like draymond you grow to love players like pat beverly um and kyle lowry where like a casual fan doesn't necessarily see what they do you know, like, like when you think about Draymond, right? Like, Draymond to me is more important than Clay. I've said that before, and I say that because he allows Steph to just be a player. Like, Steph doesn't have to, like, like the best player is usually the bad guy, right? Exactly. Like Michael Jordan's the bad guy. LeBron was, was the bad guy, especially when he, you know, he left Cleveland and did things like that. Draymond's the Draymond's the bad guy. I mean, he's the guy that. He's, if you watch him play with Steph, like everything's on a string. They know exactly he know exactly where to where to put the ball on the screen. You know, after these screens, and I just I, I love him. I love him. like I think he, he like he needs to chill sometimes. Obviously, 
but in a way, he's a perfect player. But Draymond's one of my favorite players. Um, I love watching Kyrie play. I think he's a wizard. Um, uh, Steph, Steph is just amazing. Um, I'm kind of a LeBron hater, but I appreciate what he does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I haven't, I haven't really rooted for a team since. Um, I would describe myself a Kobe Bryant Lakers fan. Nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> and Nothing I haven't really latched, I haven't really latched on to uh, any other team, so to speak, since he uh, stopped playing. Nah, definitely. I mean, Draymond, Draymond's an interesting one because I've been on record saying that I feel like he's understood because, you know, people look at the antics of Draymond and, you know, him getting technical fouls and everything, but they don't understand how important he is to this Golden State Warriors oh team. And, and it's just so funny because obviously, obviously this past year, you know, everybody was talking about his possible extension and him possibly, you know, going to either Sacramento or whatever team. And I was like, yo, like that, like the Warriors don't win four championships without Draymond. Ah, like, you know, it, I it, go ahead. And the thing is, like, he's worth that money to them. He's not exactly. worth it. He's not worth it on the Pistons. No, like, right. He, he's worth it for that team and a team that he he would have probably been valuable in Sacramento too. Um, but I'm saying he he's he's valuable on teams that are ready to win. Do, do you give him thirty million dollars a year on Charlotte? No, for, like that doesn't make sense. But like, you know, you. You pay you pay the guys what they're worth to you, and you pay them a little bit more for what they've done. I mean, that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, so my question, another question I got for you, is there like a sleeper team or players that you think that can just, you know, come out of nowhere and just, you know, be really good? Sleeper team. Um, I, I, tell you, I didn't see the Kings coming last year for sure. That's true. Um, I'm trying to think of a team. I mean, prior to this Kevin Porter thing, like I kind of like Houston a little bit, man. Like I think, I, I again, the, 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 they talk about Fred Van Vliet getting all this money. It's it's just like you have to pay him because you don't get him if you don't. That's true. And you have the money, so like, d- did you overpay for him a little bit? Sure, but like, if you don't give him that, you don't get him. And I think with Fred, he gives you that veteran that veteran presence. Um, he's a championship winning point guard and he can help he, he he can help mold some of those mold some of those guys. I don't mind Dylan Brooks either. Like a lot of people don't don't really understand him. He's another guy that I mean he embarrassed himself against the Lakers and it happens. Right. But like D- Dylan Brooks, if, if Dylan Brooks doesn't act the way he acts, like he's playing in China. Like the, the fact that he has that edge is the reason he's in the league, in my opinion. No, I mean that's. A, I mean, hell, I mean, we just saw it. We just saw what he did against USA when he played for Canada. He just he dropped damn near forty points. So, no. I mean, I've I've been on record saying that Dylan Brooks is still a good player because I think after Memphis said that said that they weren't going to resign him, I think everybody thought that he was going to be out of the league. And I was just saying, like, yeah, I didn't like, think so. That, I mean, that that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I think I I still thought that there was going to be a team that could pick up Dylan Brooks. I think I just think that he's too valuable to to a team, especially what he brings defensively. Yeah. And then of course, you know, once he is making shots, you know, that like like to me that just makes a whole team like, that just makes the team better. And you know, for the Rockets, I'm really interested to see what they can do, obviously with them picking up Van Vliet and you know, people can call them overpaid or anything, but to be honest, like I didn't feel like they were a team that was gonna grab like a, a superstar free agent anyway. So I right. feel you like get who, you get who you can get. Exactly. So I mean picking up a guy like Van Vliet, like you mentioned, you know, he is a champion, you know, he is a starting point guard. 
you know, he has evolved as a, as a tremendous point guard throughout the years. So I think that sure. was the best pick. And then on top of that, you still got guys like Jalen Green, you mm-hmm. know, guys like Jabari Smith Jr. So they have a great young core around them, along with some key veterans that who, who have won championships. I mean, they also got Jeff Green as well, who just who just won a championship with the Nuggets. So Uncle Jeff, exactly. So I mean, you got a combination of like obviously some young assets, but then you also got some key veterans as well who can who can come in and be a voice, you know, on and off the court. Right. So my last question to you is, you know, we'll get back to the hip hop thing is, is there a particular, is there like a dream collab that you may have, that you may have, you know, both either producing or just getting a feature from? Sky Zoo and Ransom for both. <laughs> um, Those are good ones. I, you know, personally, I think it's attainable because uh, both of them are pretty active. You know, um, it, it'll just be about, you know, landing the right beat. At the right time, um, you know, these guys get sent thousands of beats, I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that'll be pretty dope to do. Um, again, those are my two favorite rappers at the moment. So I, I'd have to say them. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, definitely everybody tap into the show this com- this upcoming October. You know, if you're able to make it, definitely tap in. If you're not, you know, like Nam said, it'll be on YouTube. But no, I definitely appreciate you coming on, man. Let the people know where to find you and where to find your work. Yeah, appreciate you, man. I appreciate you tapping in and always supporting, man. For real, it means yes, a sir. lot. Um, so yeah, I'm on um on Twitter at Numbs N U M B Z and the number sixteen, and on um Instagram at Numbs Music. Um, again N U M B Z uh, and music spelled normally. And I'm um, just shout out. Check out Soul Food Two is out now. Um. If you listen in any way, just type in Nums on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you may listen to music and um, tap into the catalog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Check out to that. Soul Food 2. Not even just that one. Soul Food 2. You got Trifecta. You got In the yeah. Winter Is. I mean, you got you got a bunch of projects that came out this year that people need to tune into. But sure. once, I, once, once I said earlier, you know, definitely appreciate everybody who taps into the show, who gives me great feedback. You know, I definitely appreciate all the love and support that you guys give me. Make sure to follow us on X at LevelTGB Ball. And follow myself at Nick Andre ATR. And until next time, y'all deuces. Peace.